Already, welcome to the Takeover Podcast Show, coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. This superstar P, and in the house we got the co-owner of the Takeover Podcast Show, none other than my brother Chevis Chef Daniels. What's going on, people? What's up, man? What you been up to? I mean, you know, chilling, relaxing. School and work, school and work, it's all the building know. And it's a good old podcast. I know, right, man? At least we got a chance to record now. I've been sick these past couple of days, so I feel a little bit better now. We finally getting this show on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's been, it's been a long uh, time coming for us finally have you back on this show. I'm feeling good, ready to go. Let's go and keep this thing off, man. Yeah, I know we ain't had you on since the first show. People been asking about you, so... I had to come down here and get you on, and plus we had to come down here and go to the World Rumble. I know that was your first wrestling event. What'd you think? Oh man, it was nice to see, man. You know, it's actually different when you're actually in the in the building than when you're watching it on TV. You know, you don't have the commentators, but you actually get that live feel for it. And for it being the Royal Rumble, that was nice to see multiple wrestlers. You know, you got thirty of them in one match. You know, got to see a lot of different other matches. It was real cool. I enjoyed myself. So who was you most excited about seeing uh, when you went? Oh, no doubt, man. My boy Goldberg. That was number one draw that I was ready to see, man. I remember going up, watching him, trying to spear people. <laughs> <laughs> Do all kinds of stuff, man. You know, trying to jackhammer people and all oh, that. Oh, man, all that. All that, man. We used to have, I remember we used to have a little wrestling club where, where elementary was the school. We used to be in the uh, bathrooms after uh, P.E. and they're giving each other hell. <laughs> <laughs> It'd been better if Goldberg would at least won it or stayed in the ring a little bit longer, but yeah, but hey, I was cool. They, long as they let me get, he got a spear in and the jackknife, so I was good. Oh, he eliminated Brock Lesnar. Yep. Then we got to see the Undertaker and Randy Orton, and then we got to see John Cena win his 16th title. So he tied Ric Flair for the most titles held, which is surprising. I never thought anybody would get that record. I, I hope they don't let John Cena break it. Cause I, I don't know. Maybe he will. Yeah, you know, I guess it is what it is. You know, um, if he does, then that's cool. Hopefully, I see The Undertaker back up in WrestleMania, though. Oh, yeah, he's going to be there. He definitely going to be there. So, uh, there's a couple things I did want to ask you about, man. There's a lot of hot topics going along, going coming right now. The first thing, I know this weekend, people elect the Hall of Fame. I mean, the writers elect who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, who's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think the biggest debate of late is T.O. So do you think this year T.O. is going to make the Hall of Fame? I definitely believe he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Do I think he's going to make it in this year? I don't know, man, because I feel like the Hall of Fame, the people that are voting for, a lot of them are media guys, which we all know T.O. didn't do quite well with the media a lot of times. (laughs) You know, he gave them great stories to write, but actually, you know, cooperate with them, uh, not so much. But I say he gets in. I say he gets in now. You know, they let him sit, you know, that first year. I think he gets in now. You know, with T.O., he should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer because I thought being in the Hall of Fame was all about your numbers on the field. Somehow, they integrated what happens in the locker room being part of your Hall of Fame credentials. But now let's think about it. T.O. never got in trouble off the field. Nope. All his problems was with the coaching staff and with teammates. Mm-hmm. I didn't think this was the the Hall of uh, 
like good conduct. You know how the kids get good conduct stickers in school? I thought it was all about stats and numbers. Yeah, because he, he showed did not, he didn't let that off-field distraction or it wasn't even off-field, like, like you said, locker room stuff affect his play on the field. He showed up and put up numbers every week. But see, you got people like Skip Baylor saying he's not even a Hall of Famer. Now, that, that's just stupid. Now, he's easily one of the top five all wide receivers of all time, if not top three. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Jerry Rice. And then after that, you could go T.O. or Randy Moss mm-hmm. or who else could you really go out of those two? Maybe Chris Carter, no, maybe I Tim see. Brown. But Tim Brown, Michael Irvin, you, you get to that tier two. Uh, Swan, you get to those tier two guys. I think, right. I think Marvin Harrison, you get you got those guys. Larry Fitzgerald, those are all those tier two guys. But when I think about the top three, I think about Jerry Rice. I think about T.O. I think about Randy Moss. But the media punished T.O. because they didn't like the way T.O. behaved and they didn't like all the antics and they didn't like the way he behaved in the locker room and they felt like being the first tier, I mean, a first ballot Hall of Famer was a privilege and a right, and it should be. Mm-hmm. But however, if you got the numbers, you got to let this guy in. Now, we could go down the list and name people that were not model citizens that got in first ballot, like LT. You know, not saying Lawrence Taylor didn't deserve to be a first ballot because he does, because he, he transcended the whole game. Exactly. But I, th- I think that's what you what we get into, though, right there. For you to be first ballot, either you have to have great stats on the field and also be a model citizen, citizen off the field. If you are a model citizen off the field, you have to put up numbers that transcend the game. Like, you have to put up – and that's what LT did. LT put up numbers that nobody else is putting up. Like, you just he, – he passed what they call the eye test. Right. You see him on the field, you like, that's the best player on the field. Right. It, it was the same thing with T.O. He was the best player on the field on most Sundays. Mm-hmm. And for him not to be in the Hall of Fame already is a shame. And I can't – I mean, I could see them doing that, but it'd be completely wrong for them not to put him in this year. Yeah, I think he gets in this year. I just think that the criteria for first ballot and just the other, like Hall of Fame is different. I think first ballot Hall of Fame, they put you on a pedestal where you have to be shit hot to get on it. Well, he was. He was. I was like on and off the field, though. He was off the field. Yeah, but like you said, he had those distractions. That was on the field. In the locker room. In the locker room, which shouldn't have nothing to do with the Hall of Fame. It, it doesn't. That, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, but when it comes to first ballot, I feel like they have a different criteria for first ballot. They have a different criteria for him. Yeah. <laughs> for him, they did. Nobody else, they did. So that was all about punishing T.O. They didn't want to um, put him in that elite company of first ballot Hall of Famers. They were trying to send a message for Everybody else that came behind T.O., if you screw up on the field, have issues with your coach, have issues with your team, or whatever, we're going to punish you and not put you in first ballot. It had nothing to do with performance because performance-wise, numbers-wise, he was at the top. But we will both say that he is going to get in, correct? Yeah, he's going to get in. He should have been in, mm-hmm. and he, he better get in this year. 
Right. Oh, there's going to be a lot of writers having some explaining to do while they're holding T.O. out the Hall of Fame. Because mm-hmm. like I said before, when you look at the Hall of Fame, when they, on your plaque in the Hall of Fame, on your bus, they got your stats. They don't got what you did, how you got along with your with your coaches, how you got along with your teammates, and all your um your charities and all that. They have your stats on your bus. It's supposed to be determined off stats, and that's it. And these writers are putting their personal feelings into this, these Hall of Fame elections. They 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 about to get on the slippery slope. What's I about agree. to happen. I agree. You know. So now if you let another guy in um in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot where he has some issues off the field, they'd be like, Okay, so what is it? You just have to be squeaky clean on the field but not off the field? To me, I think he would weigh more being off the field. You I- know, DUIs and and all this other stuff, domestic violence and all that, if you're going to count it, count that. Don't count getting into it with the coach. And then I think another um, aspect that people forget is, like, the influence you had on the game. Like, T.O. put people in the seats. He filled up stadiums. Like, I feel like they talk about his distractions, but they ain't talking about what he gave to the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Philadelphia put up numbers, put people in the seats. Dallas, San Fran. The man showed up, showed out, told you get your popcorn ready and delivered. Well, I think it's different. I, I think that's one aspect of it, putting people in seats. But the a- other aspect, defenses had to make special schemes just to cover T.O. They had to make up a whole defensive game plan for T.O. That, that's how much coverage he demanded. And people still couldn't stop him half the time. Mm-hmm. So, we are hoping that T.O. gets in. We'll find out on Saturday. Speaking of that, the, only, the other thing we find out on Saturday is the um, the league MVP. So, the people that put their um, their candidates in, we'll be doing the drawing when we did the um, choose the league MVP about a couple of months ago. In case everybody forgot, they should announce it Saturday night. So, we will know. Who would go in the drawing? Now, once again, I know half of y'all don't read because I, I, I noticed that when I got the messages. Let's just say if Tom Brady wins the MVP and four of y'all pick Tom Brady, your your names are going to go into a drawing and we're going to draw the name out the hat or whatever. And then that would be the winner. Not each person is going to get a hundred bucks. Now, y'all, y'all crazy. We don't got that kind of... Hey, man, we, we small-time we production We ain't right got now, that man. kind of funding. So... If you get the name right and you're the and you're the only person that got it right, of course you get the hundred bucks. But if it's more than one person, your name's gonna go into a drawing. We're gonna pick the name, and then that's gonna be the winner. So be looking for that to come out on Saturday night, Sunday morning. While we sitting up here looking at this, I see LeBron James on TV. Another hot topic that's going on right now: LeBron James versus Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley fired some shots. LeBron fired some shots back. I think everybody knows what's been said. So, Shavis, I want to get your take on the whole situation. Whose side you on? And, you know, I just want to get your side of it. Your non-political correct side. Hey, man, LeBron didn't shoot no shots. LeBron shot a grenade launcher at Charles Barkley. (laughs) That was like an atomic bomb. Yeah, you see the transcript. Um, How I feel about it is, Charles Barkley has been that old man that sits on his porch and just talk about the good old days, how things used to be. 
in that aspect, he's been going to LeBron. This people looking at this last interview like, man, Charles didn't say nothing that bad. It's not what Charles said. This interview is what he's been he's been poking that bear for for years now. And I guess LeBron just is fed up. With that said, LeBron's still in the wrong. Cause Charles really just said what a lot of us was thinking in the first place. You know, and I'm a LeBron James fan. But when I think about you being a superstar and you asking for more, it's not like you remember when Kobe didn't have a, when Shaq left and Kobe didn't have a team and he was up there playing with what Smush Parker and cats we didn't even know. Yeah. And he was like, hey, if y'all gonna trade me or get some people, right? That's a different scenario than right now. LeBron just came off a championship run where he won it with the and got all his players back. I do say. He probably needs more because Golden State got better too. Golden State added the second best player in the league, right? With Kevin Durant. So I understand what LeBron is saying, but the media is going to eat you up anytime you publicly come out and say, "I need more," and you're supposed to be the greatest player on the on the planet. Anytime the greatest person player on the planet says, "I need more," they're going to eat you alive. That's why I think he should have kept it in house and told the GM. I think him putting it out there is. Putting the GM on notice, like, hey, I need to give his people, and you know, we need to do this now. But I think he could have kept that in house. I don't, I ain't mad at how he handled it. I Man, I'm tired of this politi- uh, politically correct. You know, uh, you know, I think I- I'm just here to play ball. You know, Charles can have his own view. No, no, I like when people go at other people. You know, screw Charles Barker. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. I can appreciate that. But no, when you say things like that, you are gonna get some backlash. Do I think LeBron LeBron is wrong? I just think he's wrong for coming out and saying he should just go on ahead and kept the comments to himself. But if you're gonna come out and say it, do it big then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't I, I don't blame LeBron. I just think you know he could he he's not getting he's not gaining any ground with you know us with saying this against Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley needs to get off that whole jump shooting teams can't win championships. LeBron whining, Charles talking talk about you trying to add more pieces to already stacked team. Charles Barkley went to a stacked team when he went to Houston. Charles acted like he was washed up. Charles had won the MVP three years before that. You right. went all the way washed up when you went and got with Scottie Pippen and Elijah one and who else was down there? Um, Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler, like you had a team. So don't act like you ain't never tried to go and try to get your ring and try to stack the deck. That's what you do. That's what people do in life. I just want to know ever understand in sports. People get mad when uh, people try to get the best possible pieces they can get. If I worked in a work environment, I got five people working, including me, I want four of the best workers so I don't have to carry the whole load. That's what people do in life. And I don't know why we, you know, we chastise these athletes for wanting to do the same. That man done paid 14 years. His body's wearing down. He knows this. He knows he ain't going to be able to, to to have that full load in his back year in and year out. No more. He needs pieces to help him. All he asks for is a backup point guard. You know? I don't know. That's all I, I feel. I feel like LeBron is wrong for coming out and saying it, but since he did come out and say it, I'm glad he did it big. And Charles, Charles is just being Charles. I got a couple of different takes to it. Well, you know, Charles and like even me and you now, we're in the media. Right? You know, not me and you in the media because we do a podcast. 
Charles is in the media, so Charles is going to say certain things for ratings. Some of it's about how he feels, but some of it's about ratings. T- TNT has the, like the highest rated post-game and pre-game show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of what Charles says, he said it's true, but he embellishes on it. Yeah, just like yeah, Skip Bayless and yeah, Steve know, A. Smith does. Uh, Skip, oh, God. He, he's just something totally different. <laughs> now, a lot of what Charles said was accurate because I do feel like LeBron is going to start whining. Like, nobody's going to feel sorry for you when you're on the defending champions. Nobody. And, and Cleveland has spent more money on their payroll than anybody in the NBA. So you can't say that they're not spending money which they are. I mean, J.R. Smith is hurt, so that hurts you. So, um, with Charles, a lot of his latest comments were, I think, were were right. I I didn't agree with him talking about LeBron doesn't want to compete, because I think he does want to compete. You know, I I think that wasn't accurate. He's going going at it about his competitiveness. I I think for most of those guys in the NBA, they do want to compete. Right. You know, um, LeBron just trying to better his situation. I don't think he did it the smartest way by coming on, you know, making it public and blasting the GM and the owner. But I know what he's trying to say. But at the same time, I like, I'm glad LeBron finally got some dog and got back at him. Mm-hmm. But the way he got back at him, I don't know if he should have took that route because Charles attacked him on a basketball point competitiveness in, in about basketball. LeBron tagged him on a personal. He did you, you, personal. You, you know how um how you get how as kids you used to talk about each other and when the other guys beat you, then you like, well, your mama yeah. you bring your mama and your daddy. <laughs> Wait a second, we ain't even talking about my mama and all to, that. You had to up the ante because you was so, losing it. So you have to go for the biggest guns. You had to go for your personal or or somebody had like a, a disability or something. And no, you know, it's like um, the unwritten rule that you just don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like like somebody had like a, a lazy eye or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we can rank on each other, but you know this guy has his lazy eye, so you just don't talk about that. Ah, it's kind but, of a pistol. But that's what you reach for because it's personal. That's going to hit in the gut. Like, oh, that's all right because you got that lazy ass side. And everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's personal. Yeah. And that's known the unwritten rule. You don't go for personal stuff like that. And with LeBron talking about spitting on kids and all that, that, that's a personal attack. So he really, he had to really, really get to LeBron for him to say that because LeBron, look, he's the most criticized athlete in the world. And he's going to face a whole lot of criticism. As you see, he ain't with that nobody. At that level. Ever. Ever. So, Charles hit a nerve. I'm talking about hit a big nerve with LeBron on that. And it had, I think it all had to do with his competitiveness. Mm -hmm. I don't think it had to do with him being whiny and all that. Because I think LeBron was actually being whiny. You know, he doesn't have enough help or whatever. But when Charles said that he wasn't being competitive and, he was scared to compete. I don't think he's scared to compete. He's just trying to, like you said, he's trying to get his team. Hell, if I can stack up my team, I'm going to stack them up. That's, that's my, that's my only argument I never understood. I didn't understand. I always want to go back on this, too. I never understood the, the, the argument when people got mad when he went to Miami. Like, I never understood that argument. Like, people were like, oh, man, you, you, you a quitter. You left. No, he didn't. 
They mean, oh, they they did the um, you can't beat them but join them. But that, when he went to Miami, Miami was a little over five hundred team, no. so he wasn't joining a better team. Not even that. My thing is, he fulfilled his obligations. He had a contract. He finished the whole contract. He didn't leave early. He didn't ask for a trade out. He finished it. Went to the free agency. I guess the decision was the show. The decision came out. People hated that idea. I think he probably, if he looked at it, he probably would have done it different. But people gloss over the fact that uh, that he donated like a million or two million dollars to the boys and girls club. club. You know, but but people just perception. People are like, oh, you're being real self centered. You could have made this announcement, you know, especially if you're not going to come. But people weren't going to like it anyway. Exactly. That's my point, though. But then if you think about, he went from Cleveland. Well, she what they weren't putting nobody around. His nah. next best player. They gave Antoine Jameson. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face right now looking at, at Jeff. Hey, they gave him Antoine Jameson. The they next, gave him Shaq. The next best player he had on his team was Booby Gibson one year. Well, they gave him Shaq. And, Shaq the uh, Hall of Famer. Larry Hughes. <laughs> Larry Hughes. That's who your next best person is. Delonte West, a.k.a. Step Daddy, on your team. Hey man, Delonte West wasn't bad, man. For your for your second best player, Michael had Mike had Scottie Pippen, Kobe had Shaq, or Shaq had Kobe. However you want to do it, one A, one B. But he knew he was going to win there. They weren't putting people around him. Boston was at an all time high end. Orlando still had what Dwight. He couldn't get past them. You had to leave. LeBron had to leave for Cleveland to get better to come back. But when LeBron went to Miami, people was like, oh, you go on a team. If I'm in the, back again, is that if I'm in the workplace and I work in North Dakota, no offense, nobody in North Dakota, just cold, ain't my cup of tea. If I'm there and they're like, hey, you go to Miami and get a better work environment, you can work Monday through Friday every other weekend, three days off, and you can go to the beach and you can work with the best people we got. You All you got to do is come over and sign up. What you going to do? Hey, let's sign. Let's sign up. So I, that's why I don't understand the why we have to treat athletes different than regular people. I understand they get paid millions, but man, that man finished his agreement, his contract, left, went somewhere, and came back and gave that city a championship. Like he has, well, that's some that's some Barkley didn't do. He has nothing to prove. I feel, and I think that's one reason why he went and charged Barkley like that. I think LeBron, I think Charles got on his skin a little bit, but I think LeBron. Snapping back was him being LeBron know who he is now. He don't have nothing else to prove. So him snapping back, he was like, I have nothing else to prove. My his legacy is pretty much set. All he doing is stacking chips now on top of that. All he doing he cemented his legacy. All he doing now is stacking trophies. Yeah. To make to try to get to number one, which I feel like that's another argument. I ain't, I feel like you ain't gonna never get to Jordan because Six to six. Just, nah, nah. Six to six is just, uh, you, you lost. I think the only way he could get to join is if, if he's three peats right now. Yeah. If he three peats right now during this time where you got that super team in, in Golden State, I think he could get him. Who, man, that's, man, that, but that's, that's a, a whole, that's a, that's another day, another debate. That's a whole other argument. But getting man. back to Barkley and LeBron, I mean, it's hard for a non champion to sit here and critique and criticize a three time champion. You know, um, I see it on I see it on social media every day. <laughs> These uh, keyboard couch warriors. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, people do that on social media. 
But but LeBron was being whiny about the whole situation. I'm like, look here, people call you the best player of the world. Shoot, make it work. You're going to have to make it happen, man. Nobody's going to feel sympathetic for you because you, you are a defending champion. And your team, even if they're playing crappy right now, you still got the best team in the East. Yeah. And you still got the best team in the East. We can see if you was like number six or number seven. You still got the best team in the East when your team is struggling. But I don't think LeBron looking at that. LeBron looking way down the road. LeBron knows he got the East locked up. LeBron looking over at that at that monster, those monsters over in Golden State. That's what that man looking at. And that man looking at, all right, I'm looking at my team. Yeah, my team's solid. We good. But they great. They look great right now. Yeah. That's what he's looking at. He's looking at they got a potential to have three closers that close out a game over there. But I feel like if I'm the best player in the world, I want that challenge. I don't want nobody on my team no more. I don't want extra pieces because I want when I win, I want you to say, yeah, he did that. He did that right. himself. But I, if you start bringing in extra help, that's like, well, he had to go get such and such to do it. He had to go get such and such. Let them have that because they had to go get Kevin Durant to do it. If you if they had to go get him and you still beat them, that's when you start knocking on that number one. You start, look, you start knocking on MJ uh, doorstep. But if you go and try to get pieces, then people gonna, it's going to be watered down because people are going to like, you ask for all these pieces to try to go win it. You know what I mean? Now, another point I want to get to, the good part about LeBron doing this is Barkley's been talking a lot of crap about a lot of players for a long time. And a lot of people have been giving him a pass and not getting back at him. So it's about time somebody stepped up and finally fired back at Charles. Because a lot of people in the media talk a lot of trash and nobody gets back at him. Like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Mm-hmm. They get on TV every day, want to criticize these players. having it, Can't walk a, a, a footstep in their shoes, but they want to talk. Even Charles Barkley did play in the NBA. Somebody finally got back at him. For all this crap he's been talking. And so now the media's going to go all crazy because somebody finally said something about Charles. Man, Charles had this coming for a long time. A long time. And if if there's anybody to do it, it would be LeBron because he has the cachet to do it. Now, if this came from, uh, name me a player, like Cal Corver, it wouldn't really be no big deal. But it took the biggest star in the game the fire back to Charles was a big deal. Even though I didn't completely agree with LeBron said, even though they are facts. I just think he should have kept in the basketball text. But anyway. But I feel like I feel like LeBron, I feel like Charles. When I think about the situation though, I feel like Charles is playing with house money. Charles don't when it comes to being an analyst, Charles don't really have a lot of clout. Like Charles tells you he doesn't watch the games. <laughs> you know. So, do you really care about Charles Barkley's opinion? Because you know what he's going. Yeah. But you know what he's going to say though. He's predictable. He's been saying the same thing for for years. So LeBron clapping back, it's like uh, we already know where Charles stood though. You know, it it's nice to see it happen. You know, just so I can get out this politically correct world and see somebody actually, you know, say what's on but, their mind. But we watch TNT for Charles Barkley. If he went on the show, would we really watch it? And when he's not on there, is it the same? No, but this one, this what, this what goes back though. He's on there just for almost comic relief. 
He's not going to give you no real insight on what's going on in the well, game. Every now and then, he, he Every now some. and then, but if you're going to be, I'm talking about, they, they do the show every night, pretty much. If every blue moon you come in and say something that actually has to pertain to the game, that does, you, you still don't have enough clout, in my mind, to, 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 to have any kind of opinion. But, I, but I'm going to tell you, LeBron's still going to come out on the losing end of this. Anytime. He's number one draw. He's going to come out on the losing end because people are going to say, oh, now LeBron's too sensitive. He had to take it personal, make it a personal attack on Charles. Now everybody's going to be watching to see what Charles is going to say about what LeBron said about him. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have all that going on. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it's actually funny to me. It, it's almost comedy, but LeBron's He's going to end up taking a loss on this. Do you think he's going to go any further than this? You think LeBron said what he's going to say and that's going to be I it? think LeBron will be done with it. Charles might have a – he's going to have something to say. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the media's going to ask LeBron about it. And LeBron's going to be like, probably going to be like, hey, I said what I said. I'm not going to take it back, and that's going to be the end of it. Right. But uh, now Charles is going to say something. Mm-hmm. He's going to say something where uh, he's going to like, well, what I said was in the basketball context. He attacked me personally and so on. So I think LeBron, he's just going to come out on the losing end of it. I mean, that's what happens when you're the best player in the world on probably the second best team because they ain't better than Golden State. We shall see, though. You, you, you're the champs until you get Well, to- on the third show, somewhere around there, I predicted Cleveland to win the title. This before the season even started. So I'm hoping they win the title so, you know, I can keep my record on par. That's right. My Mavs got them last night. Let's go Mavs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Our marriage did beat Cleveland last night. I don't know how that happened. I mean, you know, um, a, a dead clock is right twice a day. Hey, we was right the last two times, <laughs> baby. Hey, so, man, that works for me. Golly. But, boy, it, it was good to come down here and finally get this show done with you. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. We're going to get that phone line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we working on the long distance stuff. Uh, we, go, we got some really good guests lined up for y'all. We ain't going to tell you who. We're going to leave it a surprise. We've been um, working hard behind the scenes. I know Chef, he's not on every show, but he works a lot behind the scenes for the takeover. You know, the takeover ain't about having all three of us on the same show at the same time. You know, it could be all three of us. It might be just two of us. It might be just me at the time, but the takeover is a team. So, you know, when you see it, it doesn't mean that we're all on the show at the same time, but we are co-owners of the show. So when we, so when one person is not on the show, they are working hard behind the scenes with the marketing and scheduling people for shows and uh, you know the production and all the different the, all the different requirements it takes to make a show. And man, the, you know this stuff ain't easy, and it's not free. This equipment's not free. Um, Keeping all the shows on the website, that's not free. No, this stuff takes money, so we don't get contributions. Hey, we, we do what we do with our own finances. So, I mean, it's, it's fun to do these shows. Uh, our fan base has really grown. We enjoy doing this. We hear from the fans now. You know, uh, we appreciate all the support that we've gotten, not only in Texas, but we, um, been li- we've been listening to in um Five different countries, which is crazy. I'll pull up some of the stats of Japan, New Zealand. We got listeners there. Mama, we made it. (laughs) Listeners in Asia. 
So that that was really shocking to see that we've made it out that far. And our number one listening city being San Francisco, out of anywhere, which that was a complete shock to me. Hey, shout out to the Bay, man. I appreciate the love y'all giving us out there, man. Shout out to the Bay. Appreciate it. Um, maybe we one day can come up with the funds and do a live show out there. Ooh, we can go out to San Fran and get lit. So that would be great. Uh, talking about shout out, shout out the Vent Podcast Show. The homie BJ, they doing their thing over there. We see you over there, BJ. Oh, yeah, man. We see you. We see you. Um, Put your own game podcast up there in Dallas. No what's doubt, no what's up, big homies? Um, Renata Soul Show, OK Ham Radio at 6 o'clock every Sunday. Check out her and Billy Broadway on the show. They do a really good show. If you got some talent trying to get your song put on or get an interview, man, you contact them. They, they'll help you out. Um, the Ian Gleason Show. Oh, Cutty Slim, man. Appreciate you and Ian getting us on the show this coming weekend. Slim. If you didn't know, the takeover is going to Dallas. We are going to be guests on the Ian Gleason show. So we appreciate the support y'all have always given us, man. Y'all gave us the backing. Y'all invited us on the show, which y'all didn't have to do that. Y'all could invite anybody else, but y'all invited us. So we appreciate it. We look forward to working with y'all this Saturday. So if y'all don't have nothing else to do, Listen to the Ian Gleason show this Saturday because the takeover was special guest. Yes, sir. We're in the building. So that is not bad. Yes, we are in the building with our T-shirts. The takeover T-shirts have arrived. Um, a few of them going to go out. We, we keep them a little exclusive right now. You know, just holler at us, man. You know who you are. We're going to have them um, out to the public pretty soon. I'm going to be slanging them out the back of my truck. Oh, yeah. We're going to slang. We're going to do what we do. But anyway, man, we appreciate everything everybody's done for us. We we love y'all. We love the support we're getting. But at this time of the show, you know what we do? We do our unsigned hype. Our cousin Keith and his lovely wife, Miss Jordan, was it what's her last name? Scribbling. She um yeah, Stribbling. My bad, cuz. You know, I get it mixed up sometimes. She has an EP out called Acclaim, and you can find it on Spotify, um, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, etc., etc. And the song that we are going to play for you tonight, or this afternoon, whatever you want to call it, is look at that. See, iPhone just slow as hell, won't come up. I, I swear, man, I think I'm going to Samsung. Don't do it, man. Well, what's the deal with Samsung? I'm just telling the, the, the Galaxy 7s, man, the notes. They're exploding in people's pockets. I was just playing. I had a Samsung. I went to iPhone. Not for no particular reason, but I like my iPhone. Well, yeah, man, I listened to the album, man. She got come up, She got out, man. It's, it's dope, man. She has a real nice voice. A real uh, sultry feel to it. So, you know, some good kickback music. Sip on some wine, listen to. Nice oh, relaxing. yeah. So, the EP is Acclaim. It's A-C-C-A-L-I-A-N. That's the title of the EP. The name of the song is Sleeping to the Sirens. It's a really good song, like the pop song. So, we're going to do a little something different. Normally, we have a lot of hip-hop. So, we're going to change it up today. So, for myself, Chef, you got any parting shots? 
No, nah, man, you know, I, I want to give a shout-out to my boys over in Longview. Uh, my boy, Simeon Whitney, and my boy, Ricardo Buchanan, man. They over there doing big things. Oh, yeah, man. my it's, view, my view. My view, man, the, the whole project y'all do, man, I think it's magnificent, man. Y'all do a great job, the production, the vision y'all have. Man, y'all keep up the good work, put my city on. Me and my brother, we from the 903, man, so I'm always going to rep where I'm from, you know. Arlie home, always rapping though. Y'all boys do a great job with that. Y'all keep up good work. Hopefully in the future we can go ahead and do some uh, some things together. But until then, y'all keep it pushing, man. It's your boy Chef. Y'all take it easy. Yeah, man. Y'all holler us, man. We trying to get y'all on the show. Once again, Jordan Stribling with the EP Accolade. It is coming to you on the unsigned hype. And we out of here. Yes, sir. Bends my head, but I can't block out the sound. Here again, lost within all of my doubt. So
Feel you gone with every heart pound. No, I can't do this anymore. Hold it in, hold it in. Keep the walls that borrow my heart now. Playing safe, just pretend. I won't live through another letdown. I'm gonna hear you again. Feel you gone with every heart pound. Gone with every heart pound. No. Trapping, 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 trapping